Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another thrilling, chilling, and exciting, it'll be interesting, episode of the DuoSense Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Roscoe, and as always, joined by... Unnecessary Johnny. Unnecessary Johnny. You know what I realized last time Johnny was listening to last week's episode? You know how I did like the boxing intro for you? The boxing intro. Right, when I gave you the stats about your wins and losses uh, yeah, and yeah. your weight and everything? Yeah. I forgot to include, like, actual good nicknames, because every boxer has, like, a list of nicknames that they have. Like, I was going to call you, like, the Pry of the High Desert and, like, some other stuff. That's pretty good. I was going to do that right now, but I guess I kind of just did that, right? I just mentioned it, so I guess that counts. The Pride of the High Desert. Unnecessary, Johnny. I'll I'll take it. All (laughs) right. Welcome, folks, to, again, like I said, another episode. So, uh, just real quick, and uh, I'm going to do a little addendum to last week's episode. Um, I'm not sure if I clarified... But in the PSN store piece that we talked about for the PS3, the Vita, and the PSP. So now we know for sure that is a confirmed thing. Like Sony has officially said, that is true. It's not just a rumor. It is confirmed. But also, I don't remember if I mentioned it. But yeah, if you bought games or other stuff through those systems, like you'll still be able to download that stuff later on. You can re-download stuff you bought. You just won't be able to buy new stuff on those on those systems Um after July 2nd for PS3 and PSP and after August uh, 27th, right? For the Vita, I think. It's either the 27th or the 17th. And I'm leaning towards the 27th because the 17th is my birthday and I think that's why I'm getting it confused. So yeah, July 2nd and August 27th are the cutoff dates for those. So make sure that you buy whatever games you still haven't gotten to buy yet for those systems. Does this give you a little more comfort knowing that you can still download them? Remember we were discussing last time, like you know, yeah, I I already I I I knew you would be able to re-download them, but I guess I probably didn't mention that. Maybe that's why people probably thought like I was so like defensive about it. But um, I'm just thinking about like man, like I'm gonna be spending the next few months trying to pick up as many titles for the Vita as I can. That like, like ah, oh, like that's it. Like this is our. It's kind of like what's what Nintendo did like uh a few days ago with the. You see that thing trending, Johnny, about the uh, Mario dying. No, I was not. It was like a kind of like a inside joke on Twitter about how the March thirty first was the day that Mario was gonna die because they're taking off. Nintendo was taking off the three D All Stars collection off of the Nintendo store. Okay. For for some reason, ar- some arbitrary reason. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, that is like the end of the fiscal quarter, so a lot of people are thinking like they did for financial reasons to artificially force people to buy the game before it went off. Okay. And that probably worked. I meant I heard Wait, like, so Mario was gonna die. How he wasn't gonna die. It was kind of like a tongue in cheek, kind of like sassy, kind of like a joke about like, like that's like here's like the deadline. Like if you don't buy it, like it's gonna be gone forever. And like so, mm-hmm. there was the joke that oh, that's like the day that Mario dies. And like they're gonna kill him off. It's kind of like a, a meta joke running for it. Anyways, ladies and ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get started with our first uh, news piece. We're going to take it over to, and I brought it up right here, uh, Polygon. Uh, This article is by Nicole Carpenter. So if you guys want to read the entire thing, I'm just going to read the snippets. But if you want to check out the whole thing, it's on there. MLB The Show 21 launching on Xbox Game Pass. MLB The Show 21, developed by Sony Interactive Entertainment San Diego Studio. Like I mentioned earlier, Johnny, that's a San Diego one. Will launch on Xbox Game Pass on April 20th. It's release day. Major League Baseball and Microsoft announced the news on Friday via the Xbox Wire. 
Xbox Game Pass subscribers will have instant access to MLB The Show 21 on April 20th on Xbox One and Xbox Series X. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers can play the game on Android devices via the cloud on that date. The game has cross-platform play in progress, which means that players can easily switch which device they're playing on. Uh, this is from, it says, As we said from the beginning, this is an incredible moment for all of us in bringing the franchise to more players and baseball fans. It's something we at MLB, MLB Players, Inc. and Xbox are all excited about. MLB Senior Vice President of Games and VR, Jamie Lease, said. Uh, oh, here it goes. It was surprising enough to learn that the formerly PlayStation-exclusive baseball sim would launch on Microsoft's consoles, making this the first simulation-quality game to launch on Xbox since Major League Baseball 2K13, which I'm guessing was 2013, so about, like, eight years ago, right? Yeah, it's been that long since they had a good ba- uh, baseball game on there. Uh, and will be the show, 21, launches April 20th on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. So the article didn't mention the main thing that I wanted to talk about, Johnny. And it's the feeling that a lot of PlayStation a lot of PlayStation fans kind of feel like they've been a little they've been shafted in this case. Um let me bring up some um I screenshot a couple of tweets over the last few days just about just kind of how the internet's been reacting to this uh news and that's kind of see no that's not the one I wanted. Where is it? All right, so this is uh this comment is from brian english he's a uh, if you ever checked out his youtube channel uh johnny he mostly does like uh tutorials for like platinum trophies okay like he does pretty much every major game he get, does like a video tutorial for how to get the platinum trophies it's a lot of damn work it is that's like that's pretty much solely his job that's what he does like that's his living which anyways it's rough <laughs> He commented on Twitter, he said, I've paid for MLB the show every year at launch for the past decade, and now Sony gives it away for free on Xbox, their own game? I'm happy for baseball fans, but this leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I guess Games Pass is, in fact, a better service than PlayStation PlayStation Plus. There's a lot of people, uh, not just Brian English, but others, I just I didn't screen capture all of them, but the people kind of expressing their, like, they kind of feel, it's kind of like... Think of it, the best example I can think of is someone came up with, um, it's like if you got an adoptive brother, like he just joined your family, and then he's the one that gets like first dibs on all like the toys or like food or whatever. And it's like, damn, like you're kind of just going to forget me now. What do you think about this, right? What do you think about this? Do you think people are overreacting? I don't really care. No, um, I know you don't care about the baseball game. No, I don't care about the baseball game at all, but. Neither do I, for that matter. It's not an original ip from sony right it's it is the show the show the actual the show part is baseball like sony doesn't have the rights to baseball universally right but mlb the show like that's the license that they have the, exactly like yeah. the light they're getting the license from them they have all the teams in there that they've all right? pretty much always had for i, I want to say since at least 2009 yeah, but it's like the company is forcing them to do this. Right. So the what see what I haven't seen it confirmed anywhere, but the running theory and a lot of industry insiders have kind of like supported this, even though there's no like actual like press release. It seems like MLB, like the organization, kind of strong armed uh, Sony into this position where it's like, you know, we're kind of missing out on all this money that's left on the table. Yep. We want to put you know the game on other systems. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing there must be some kind of clause 
or something in their contract where Sony couldn't say no, like we're exclusive to this. So, I mean, in the same way, it's not totally bad because like Sony's still profiting as the, the develop as their first party studio developed the game. I have to imagine that Xbox must have paid some kind of sum mm-hmm. to get it on Game Pass. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't just get stuff for free, just put it out like whatever. There's yeah. some kind of contract for like distribution, I imagine. So Sony's not completely missing out. But do you understand kind of like the betray backhanded betrayal in a way that some of the PlayStation's like most ardent fans feel about this game coming out? I do get them, but it's it's just to me it's not like it's not like God of War or Horizon. Right. Because you, know? you care about those games. I do care about those games, but if that if that were to happen, if let's say God of War two, the next one, Ragnarok, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but it's original IP. Absolutely I'd be pissed off about it. Okay. So so is the show though, I'm telling you. Yeah, but there's another company involved, like telling them like you have to do this. Oh, I see profit. what you mean. I see. Or at least that's mean. the the theory. No, yeah, MLB, but, yeah. Separate. But it like at least at this point, it doesn't benefit Sony to be like, hey, take out a war and put it on day one on your game pass. That's pretty retarded. You're right, you're right. It's not this it's not at all the same thing. I just I get, I get I can get I can understand why people would be upset how it's like especially if you were like a like a huge fan of this franchise and it's like for the, you've been buying it like every year like how uh, Brian English said and then it's just like okay we're gonna put it on this other system like something that was you always thought it was gonna be exclusive to you right what if that was like a huge factor in you always buying PlayStation right mm-hmm. and then they go ahead and put it on not just put it on Xbox but put it on like Game Pass which is like the cheapest form to access a game and what most people on Xbox probably have already. Mm-hmm. And then you're still on PlayStation paying probably 60 to $70 for this game day one. It just, it does seem kind of like, I get the business sense from it, but it just kind of, I don't know. I, I I'm glad, I'm glad I don't care about this game because if I did, I'd probably be upset too. <laughs> but it's, I don't know. It's just, it like, like Brian said, it leaves like a bad taste in your mouth. Kind well, of. how do you feel about, um, Final Fantasy going to Xbox. That did happen. I remember it was E3, I want to say 2009. Well, the current one. No, no, no. But this, ha- this has happened before, like almost the same way where like a major factor of me buying the PS3 or not, you know, get, get going with the PS3 back then mm-hmm. was I was already a huge Final Fantasy fan in mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts, right? And I knew like those games, if I want Final Fantasy in the future, and I want Kingdom Hearts in the future, I know that's like this, that's a very strong Sony like linked brand, right? Yeah. So I'm going to go with that, right? So the next major game for the PS3 was supposed to be Final Fantasy 13. That was the next one, like in like, because Final Fantasy 12 came out on PS2. So the next, so the, not, the logical leap in logic would be okay, the next one's going to come out on PS3 because that's how it's always been. It's a Japanese brand, it's a Japanese company, they're going to work together. And then I remember in 2009 E3 presentation on Xbox, on the Xbox stage, uh, the president of uh, Square Enix, I can't remember his, I don't remember who it was at that time, but he came out on stage, like, it was like the, it was like that one more thing at the end. Hmm. And he said like, oh, Final Fantasy 13 will be playable on Xbox 360. And the, and the internet just like went crazy. It's like, oh my God, like what? Like, how could you do this to us? I felt like that too. I was like, oh my God, like. Like, I missed out on all this 360 stuff, Gears of War, and, like, Dead Rising, and, like, all these other stuff that I wanted to play, because, like, no. Final Fantasy's gonna come out on PS3. Yeah. And it did. It didn't take that away from us, right? We still got it on PS3, but it was kind of like, man, it's on 362? Like, why? Like, I sac- I made that decision going into this generation 
based off what I what to me made sense. There's a precedent for it, right? Yeah. And then it kind of like, oh, by the way, like it's on 362. So like I wasn't like it wasn't like I was salty like oh 360 people will be able to play it too. I was salty. I was upset because like I could have just got the 360. If that was the case. That was early on though. Of course, later on the PS3 came out with some bangers. We got Metal Gear Solid Four. Majority, um, we got Horizon. Yeah, we got Last of Us, other stuff. Yeah. But in 2009, like those things were like not even there yet, right? Yeah. Like that wasn't like on the that wasn't even on the horizon, pun intended. No, there there were some hints of it. Like Uncharted was already out. Yeah, but God I didn't like it. Was always there. Yeah, but I didn't care for Uncharted yet at that point. <laughs> I didn't care about Uncharted at that moment. It wasn't until it wasn't until Uncharted Two, which I think was like 2009, that where I actually like okay, this this series is actually pretty cool. But anyways, I completely understand how Sony fans feel kind of betrayed. Uh, luckily for you and I, we don't again, care about baseball. But it's a game. It's a game that Sony doesn't own, like Final Fantasy. Like it's not their studio. No, well, so it, it but it happen, is their studio. It's set. No, it is their studio. It's San, Sony Santa Mon- uh, San Diego. Are we talking Final Fantasy? No, no, no we're talking about ML, uh, baseball. Yeah, but there's another company involved. Is what I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's like this. It's like this other force, you know, acting on Sony. No, yeah, I I get it. I get it. There's probably something like they can't like avoid it. Yeah. I get it. But I guess I just, I, I guess it's just the Game Pass part that kind of is that extra like salt in the wound. Like I, I don't feel betrayed is the thing. Right. I think it's the game, it, it being on Game Pass is like, if it was just on the Xbox, it'd be like, whatever. It being on Game Pass though, like day one, like for easy access. Yeah, it's slapping the face. That's kind of more like the salt, it, rubbing the salt in the wound, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I'm curious to see what uh, our listeners think about that. That's just, uh, that's Johnny and I. Johnny and mine, uh, our take. I don't really care about it too much. I, I get the rage. I, I sympathize with it as back in when Final Fantasy Thirteen came out three sixty. That was kind of how I felt. But uh, this is worse because it's on Game Pass. On 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 three sixty, they still had to buy the game full price. So it was like whatever back then. But anyways, that's we're we're done with that. <laughs> Moving on to our next piece, Johnny. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077's multiplayer has been canceled or at least that's what it seems like this news is coming from tech radar there was a couple of sites but i pulled this one from tech radar uh written by reese wood i hope i'm saying that right it's like r-h-i-r-h-y-s i think that's reese reese uh it says it looks like the runners of night city won't be able to team up after all as cyberpunk 2077's multiplayer follow-up has been canceled Following a strategy update in which President and CEO Adam Kisinski, Kisinski, mm-hmm. there's like a little asterisk above the end, stated that the plans for the game have been reconsidered. In the strategy update video released via CD Projekt Red's YouTube channel, Kisinski stated, Previously, we hinted that our next AAA would be a multiplayer cyberpunk game, but we have decided to reconsider this now. Given our new, more systematic and agile approach, instead of primarily focusing on one big online experience or game, we are focusing on bringing online into all of our franchises one day. Kaczynski's comments come during the launch period of Cyberpunk 2077's sizable 1.2 patch, which addressed hundreds of bugs and glitches plaguing the game, as well as throwing in some quality of life updates for good measure. It says, instead of creating a separate multiplayer experience for Cyberpunk 2077, CD Projekt Red's strategy update will involve developing a new technology framework that will allow the company to instead integrate online functionality into its existing titles. 
Uh, Kaczynski Library. Let's stress this here. CD Projekt Red makes single-player, story-driven AAA RPGs. That is not changing. What is changing is our long-term approach to online. And by this, we mean ensuring we are properly prepared to implement online elements into our games where they make sense. We don't want to go overboard or lose our single-player DNA. Kaczynski's comments on the matter of online could be a welcome shift in attitude for CD Projekt Red fans as they could hint that the company is refocusing its efforts on the current state of Cyberpunk 27, 77, I'm sorry, rather than embarking on an entirely separate project while leaving the single-player experience in the dust. And there's a little bit more to that. There's like a couple more paragraphs, but I'm just going to leave it there because I don't want to read it. Okay, I don't get it. So how are they compensating for for just kind of like... It sounds like it's pretty much on... It's being shelved entirely for now Mm -hmm. with no actual real plans to like use it. Because he says... uh, Where was it? We don't want to go over... He says we are... We mean ensuring we are properly prepared to implement online elements in our games where they make sense what does that even mean we don't want to go overboard or lose our single player dna it sounds kind of like just corporate speak yeah that's what i'm getting out of all this shit but at the same time it sounds kind of like a softer way of saying like don't bet on this coming out at all it's it just sounds like a non-answer like what are they doing to compensate that all this marketing went into it it just feels like the marketing was so much more exciting than the actual product well, for, okay, Johnny, what do you... Super under. Do you under. feel like the multiplayer... Like, when I remember hearing about Cyberpunk and all this stuff and everything about the game, mm-hmm. multiplayer for me was, like, the furthest thing away in my mind from, like, what I expected, you know, to Night, me it was Night a, City to turn I, out to I be. think it, it was, like, a quarter of, like, the excitement. Really? Like You're looking potential. forward to it? Like, I wonder... Like, I can't play it, right, because of first person, whatever. But I, I would have really been into... It's following the story like online so mm-hmm. for me it was more about the story okay but i still would have wanted to see what this looked like as a multiplayer game okay like if there were any innovations because you know they seem like a company that would throw that at you right some new type of uh, gameplay i mean for me i i still don't have the game i'm waiting to i'm just gonna wait to get on ps5 like remember how they were <laughs> talking about uh doing the wall runs and all that mm-hmm. so imagine all that in multiplayer just people just, just people wall running everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it sounds kind of like they feel like they, I, what I take from it is like these need to still focus on the single player It sounds game. like they're saying, don't trust us anymore. Like we're not that company that, that we said we were. Well, then I don't know if I got that. It seemed to me like he's saying like, don't like, you know what? We realize that we're out of our death here. We're out, we're not, we're out of our like, you know, comfort zone. We're just going to focus on the single player. That's what we do. Well, we do single player. Well, Let's we're not roll back any like multiplayer initiatives we have. Like we're not gonna put them in things just for the sake of putting them in there. But I wish they would have said something like, "Hey, uh, I don't know, whatever you guys are upset, so we're just gonna give you like maybe a DLC or something down the line." I imagine they probably will still do that. I'm pretty sure at some point they, I maybe it's wishful thinking, but I could have sworn they mentioned at one point like, "Oh yeah, there'll be like free DLC for like to make up for the whole December fiasco, the launch fiasco." I mean, this game just doesn't, it just can't catch a break. There's just, it it feels like we were talking about this right before. Like, it's been over 100 days since Cyberpunk was even on the PSN store. And there's like, there's no mention here anything about it coming back. I don't know if that's like on their end or if that's like a PlayStation's end to decide. But like, it sounds like the whole thing is just one big mess. And it sucks too, because like, you know, we all wanted the game to be a success, but in, mm-hmm. in some ways, in, in one way, I can think it's a good thing. 
like this happen because developers are definitely feeling very skittish about releasing their games too soon now. Unless you're EA. What game did they put out that wasn't good? The one where you're wearing the jet, the jetpack. Oh yeah, but that was like way before. Yeah, you're talking about uh, what's the name? Damn, I, I'm surprised I can't even remember. I the remember name. they're called javelins, right? That's what the suits yes. are called. Yeah. And the game is called. It's like one word. Anchor, not anchor. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. It's not anthem. That. Anthem. Okay. Anthem. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, so anthem, and then um, what is it? Uh, Avengers just came out. Avengers is kind of in the same boat. Yes. God, I, mean, I wanted Avengers to be good. Yeah, I really wanted dude. that game to be good. I, I was super excited. I saw so much talent going into that studio. I think this is just a big warning. Don't pre-order games if you don't know if they're going to be good. Because <laughs> you're basically just saying, have my money. Like, you already sold me. Don't even try any harder. You already sold me. I don't me get on. why people pre-order. And, like, what they get on the side is just, like, a new skin, one little gun. Pre-order incentives. Sometimes you get, like, physical goods. Like... Uh, so, like, I and remember... That's actually worth the, like, don't screw me. I remember one time I pre-ordered a, a RPG called Disgaea 3. Okay. And if you pre-ordered it, you got, like, the soundtrack for free. Like, a physical, like, actual CD. I don't think that's worth it. And, like, a poster. Well, games, the GameStop employee did a really good job of shaking me down. So, that was mostly what it was. But it, that's, yeah, it's a whole separate issue. It's just, um, like I was saying, it just sucks that Cyberpunk can't catch a break. Hopefully, nobody bought this game looking forward to a multiplayer experience because it doesn't sound like you're gonna get it probably so. haven't been in on, on twitter <laughs> so that wraps it up it was kind of a slow week this past week has been slow in terms of game news um those were the, literally the two biggest stories i could think of from like this past week so we're gonna move on now uh it's gonna be a probably a shorter episode than usual we're gonna move on to the next section johnny Tell me more about what you've been playing about this snow game you've been playing. It's called, uh, damn, what is it called? It's called uh, Frostpunk. Dude, Frostpunk. I love this game. Uh, I, I guess I could call it like an RTS. Is it top down? It's top down and you're constantly trying to figure out like the landscape. Is it like grid based? Like you move around and like... Yeah, there's a grid. But mm -hmm. there, it's like no shooting. Like I love Command and & Conquer and I haven't played that type of game in a long time. Okay. But it's kind of the same idea but it, um so is it like uh is it uh like a tower defense thing or no no it's not tower defense it's okay. just resource management you gotta okay. manage your workers you have to i don't know what to call it it's like, the di it's like the divert apocalypse. them to like projects or like development stuff yeah it's the apocalypse and uh the it's whole world is cold. there's snow it's cold and uh you find this site it's like, like a, it's like a nuclear furnace. winter kind of thing Yes, that's ex exactly what it is. Okay. You got to turn on your your furnace and you got to collect coal and wood and iron and bring it all together. And then you have all your workers uh, going out to, to collect the stuff. But they fucking die, dude. I've lost like, like just in one day, I've probably lost like 400 people. Do, like, I are just they go just, through them quick. Are they just like unnamed NPCs or do they have like... No, they're unnamed, but the story's pretty good because you have... um. You have like these. Is it just like worker A, worker B, worker? Or is it just or just uh, groups? Not even like that. They're oh. just it's just a mass of people. Oh, okay. And then you have like uh, people going on expeditions, and then that's where the story kind of kicks in because you go into expeditions, and you find out uh, other settlements have died off, or you collect the resources, or you kill them, or is it like a passive thing, like where they, you send off a group and like it, there's like a timer telling you when they come back, kind of thing? Yes. 
Yeah, okay. they go out. They collect. So you're not actively like doing the scavenging actively like yourself. Well, you have to tell them like go to this spot, go to that. Right, back. but I'm saying you're not like it's not like you're combing through like decrepit offices or looking like for stuff, right? You're kind no, of, okay. no, not like that. Okay, it's not that like micromanaging to that degree. Okay, um, and then. Oh, well, the game is just kicking my ass, dude. Like, it's hard to... to... Is there a difficulty setting? Yeah, there's a difficulty Okay, so setting. then you do this to yourself then, right? Because no, you always play games on hard. I, I do, except this game, I didn't think I was really going to like it, so I started playing it in, on normal just to test it out. Because mm. it's on... Because I got the uh, uh, PlayStation now, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of just running through games, you know? I've already ran through, like... Know, so like was this originally games. a PS3 game, or is it... It looks like a PS3 game. The textures okay. look super low-res. I'm curious now. But, I'll look this up real quick. Keep talking. But I, I, this game is so good. Like strategically, I don't really care how, the way it looks. So you don't care about graphics in this case. Yeah, yeah, it's that good. That's and weird. you know I'm I'm a fiend for like you're, high yeah, graphics. You're a graphics high, whore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, I'm not making. I'm not insulting Johnny. That's you. That's actually the term that's used for people who only care about graphics. So, well, not just graphics, but you know the mechanics. Uh, but the mechanics really compensate for that. And, um, well, that's it. That's, that's the gist of it. It's really good. It's, it's constantly fucking with you. Like when you think you have everything on track, uh, you're, you kind of neglect things. Like there's hospitals, there's, there's people that are hungry. I'm looking at like the, I'm looking at images and it looks like an oil refinery. Yeah. Uh, is that like the, it's like a, it's, it's like an oil furnace. refinery at the center. And then there's like, like rings of like settlements or like houses around it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you gotta make sure you put like all your people in the center, and then you have uh like your hospitals, like the industry, like where you collect coal, and then uh the restaurants where you collect food, and you have to manage them according to the heat. So you turn up the heat when because the the temperature changes all the time. It says like on day fourteen the weather's gonna drop by four. And then oh, so you know ahead. ahead of time. Yeah, you you know the forecast. I'm looking at the, t- the so this is the Polygon review. It says Frostpunk. This is like the title. Yeah. Frostpunk is a game about suffering on an industrial scale. <laughs> that just made me. I don't know why I found that funny. <laughs> That's like a funny kind of like title. Another one. This is from Gamespot. Frostpunk review. Damned if you do. Damned if you don't. <laughs> I'm wondering what that's about. It just sounds funny. It. It sounds. Yeah, I know what that feeling is. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you get you get what the the theme yeah. is there. Because okay. you also have to like set laws. There's a lot to the game, dude. Oh, there's like social engineering. You're yeah, about? yeah. Like you have to decide things like uh, we're gonna do triage. So you know, part of your population is gonna die immediately, and then you're gonna save a couple. Uh, do you want to build jail? Do you want to go authoritarian? A lot of times, the game pushes you into like. You have to beat people sometimes to get them to work. Uh, oh wow! Okay, uh, I'm looking at the wiki for the for the game. It has a nine out of ten on Steam, and a ninety two percent on Humble Bundle. It says Google users ninety five percent like this video game, and it came out in April twenty fourth, twenty eighteen. It is a PS four game. It's also on Xbox One, on Mac, and Microsoft Windows. Huh? So this is actually a really well-reviewed game. I well, if it, it is an RTS, it's it it might be the best one I've ever played, and that's talking like from way back from like Command and Conquer. Which one? What's that website for video for like the aggregate of reviews? Not Rotten Tomatoes. That one's for film. What's the one for video games? Do you remember? 
No. Damn it, Johnny. What's the name? What's it called? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes does films. There's like one for video games too, and I can't remember what it's called right now. Uh, oh, is it, it's not Metacritic, is it? Yeah, it is Metacritic. That's one thing of. Is that just for games? I thought that was film. I always use it for games. I, I thought, you, you, you're right, it is for film, but in my head, in my head, it's for games. Uh, it's got an 87% on Metacritic, so this is, it's, okay, this isn't just like a whatever game. This is actually quality title. I'm going to have to check it out then. Is, are, how far are you, can you tell how far are you in the game or not really? There's a, as far as I can tell, there's like four scenarios. Okay, so there's like chapters kind of? Sort of, yeah, sort of chapters. There's four scenarios, but like uh, you have the first location and then you have uh, another one called, I think it's called Winter House or Winter Home. So it looks like, I haven't played it yet, but it looks like you played their scenario before they died off. Is this one of those games? Because it kind of reminds me of Civilization where it's it has like that feeling of, like Civilization for me is a game where it's like, oh, let me just do one more thing. And then, oh, and one more thing. And like before I know it, like hours have passed. Absolutely. It's that kind of game where it's, like you're done with something. Oh, there's something else for you to attend to kind of like there's always like, oh, let me do this. Let me tweak this. Let me do constant dude. Because you have all like these you have the iron, the wood, all this stuff and they build up and you have to collect them in these uh, reservoirs or whatever. OK, but you're always thinking about like, what, what do I build next? Like you want to build something to like get ahead of the curve. Right. But then the people also want something. And then you also want to figure out what's um, going on with the storyline on the expeditions. So there's like th these three things going on all at once. Right. And there's what you want to do, what the people expect you to do. There's what you want. And then expectation like is. the actual progression of the game in the background. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, and then there's there's like a fourth thing. Like right now I'm dealing with a... Is there like monsters in the game or nah. is it realistic? Like, or as realistic as this scenario could be, kind of like, or just humans. Just humans. I wish there was monsters. Like, that scenario would be dope. Like, if there was, um, since we're talking about snow, it'd be interesting if there was like an abominable snowman in the background. A pack of them. A pack of wolves and uh, polar bears, whatever. That'd be dope. But it, it's very unnecessary for this game. It, it already has a lot going on for it. This, yeah, it sounds really good. I actually like. When you first told me about it, like, earlier in the week, I was like, eh, okay, sure, whatever, Johnny. Mm -hmm. Now I'm kind of like, like, I want to play. This actually sounds good. I actually kind of... No, you say you got it through PS, the PS Now thing, right? Yeah, it's... It's I wanna, It's I definitely really difficult this. to explain, dude, but... No, the sound... I looked at the screenshots, and from, mm -hmm. like, what I kind of gleaned from the reviews and what you're telling me, this sounds a lot like Civilization, which for me is, like, in a very addictive Yeah, I've never series. played Civilization, but my brother liked it, too, so... Joe likes Civilization? Yeah, I mean, which I'm surprised because he's like a... Uh, action. Gears. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Interesting. Okay. So you would recommend this... Is this? Would you recommend this only for people who already like that game or do you recommend it for people who like might be curious or have never played kind of like a management, micromanaging kind of sim? I don't get the question because I'd recommend it so like everybody like okay. have to try okay. it. Like, All right. And it's so easy to learn. Because some too. games are only geared towards, like, you have to already be a fan of this genre to, like, kind of appreciate it. No, it took me, like, uh, I would say 40 minutes, and I was like, this shit is dope. Like, mm -hmm. in 45 minutes, like, the learning curve is really small. Okay, so it's not like you're going to be, like, it's not like, oh, you just got to get through these first five hours where it's really hot, bad, and then it gets good. It's just, just good right away. 45 minutes, you get it. You 45 minutes, that's, that's doable. That's, like... We're only, we're almost to forty five minutes right here on this podcast, so that's doable. 
All right, Johnny, that sounds good. Is that the only thing you've been playing? That's the new thing I've been playing. Okay, you're still a little Fortnite in the background here and there. A little Fortnite. I'm trying to lean into, you know, Monster Hunter, but I (sighs) found this game and I'm like, damn, this. And I'm like playing this game more because the thing is going to expire. Right. The PS Now thing. Yeah. I get it. uh, Yeah, that's that's what's going on. I'm in a similar situation as you, Johnny. Uh, Just on my end, I'm playing uh, Final Fantasy XIV online. Mm hmm. I've been on spring break this whole past week, and other than cleaning my cleaning my home or like cooking or doing any like regular house stuff, I've pretty much only been playing Final Fantasy fourteen online. Now the reason why I'm playing the game is because I remember I started it like back in twenty fifteen, so about six years ago. Mm-hmm. I played it when there was like no expansions. It was just like the core base game. Are we talking? Oh, what is this PS3? What? Uh it was on PS3. It's on PS3. It's on PS4, and it's also on PC. And it's gonna get a PS5 like uh app or PS5 version pretty soon. All right. Like that, I really just know about seven because that's the only one I played and completed. So yeah, so, yeah. So, ooh, we're way past seven. <laughs> well, I mean, seven's back in the mind sh- collective mind because of the remake and stuff. But like, uh, fourteen has nothing to do. The Final Fantasy games, the numbered ones, have nothing to do with each other. They're just like separate scenarios oh I did. they're not even related they're not even related to each other they, so there's like no cloud in some games and no cloud's like, just seven that's it there's no cloud uh, anything else uh, what about what's his name the main guy cloud is the main guy no the, the uh, antagonist sephiroth is he in any other game no no they're really? all self-contained stories like they have not even not even the worlds are like the same there is elements that carry over is that a good thing yeah it's a good thing because then uh, it's not it doesn't have to rely on 15 prior entries to make a good game. But there's never, like, what is this garbage? Like, they really fell off the... Oh, yeah. No, there's games in the series where I'm just like, nah, this wasn't it. Like, this, no. Like? For me, 13, I wasn't a huge fan of that. I love the... Mu- it, 13 for me is weird because the story is, like, the weakest, in my opinion. Uh-huh. But, man, it has, like, the best soundtrack of this whole series, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, the music is just, like, it's a, a little bit, there's salsa, there's jazz, there's, like, house, there's, like, so many different genres of, of like, music in there. Mm-hmm. And, like, they just work. It just, it, the, mu- oh, the music is so good. But, man, the game is a slog to play through. <laughs> it's kind of, I think that's why I like the music so much, because I kind of just listen to it so much to kind of get through the game, but... 13 is like for Final Fantasy fans 13 is a either you love it or you hate it kind of game. It's very controversial. But right now anyways, I'm saying I'm playing 14 online. Uh 14 originally came out back in I want to say 2013 and when it in this first iteration the game completely sucked. Like it was terrible. Like the reviews were like really bad. It had like a metacritic score of like 50 something percent. It was just bad. It was kind of like how the No Man's Sky situation where the game had to like redeem itself later on. Yeah. So back in, I want to say 2015, but I think that was when they relaunched the game with like all the major fixes and it completely like changed like the story and stuff. Or like the previous stuff that happened before the update still part of the story, but it's considered like, a, oh, like that happened like years ago. That was like five years ago, like with all the story elements from that. So they kind of like re, like when they re launched the game they kind of jumped forward in the time like five years later in order to like you know fix that like, gameplay issues and stuff i so i originally played it back when it first did like the relaunch the re the reboot i only played it for like about a month or two and it kind of just didn't really 
vibe with me. I wasn't really into it just because, like, I feel like at the time I wasn't really that much into, like, online multiplayer, like, constantly lived in games. Mm-hmm. But since then, I played games like Destiny. I played games uh, like Warzone, where like there's an online story that kind of continues even with if you're not like playing it, kind of thing, right? Now I'm kind of more into that. I kind of like vibe with it a little bit more. So I went back into 14. I started like a new characters, build up a new character, like a different class and everything. And like now, like the game clicks with me now. Like this game is so much fun for me now, and it's just. It's very addictive. Like, I, I've always heard stories about people who have, like, World of Warcraft addictions because that's, like, a big online game, right? Mm-hmm. I can see now why. Because, <laughs> like, there is always something to do. Like, if you're not doing, like, the main story, there's, like, side quests. And, like, your side quests have, like, side quests themselves. And, like, there's, like, an event. There's, like, random stuff that will just, like, happen where, like... What is you're... it? Is it actually fun, though? Or is it just, like, okay, the gameplay loop is addicting and I have to do it now? It is, it's... Because there's, like, okay. so many iterations of, like, right. like so things the, that you can do. Yeah. And it's it's just like, oh, I already did this, like, 500 times. Like, I, I'd be okay to do it. Like, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, there is a certain gameplay loop that's uh just inherent in these online games. Like, you always have, like, your character who's, like, you have a healer, you have a tank, you have, like, the person who does, like, the attack and the damage, right? And that's very much part of Final Fantasy XIV Online, where you do have, like, you have a role. Like, I... For my character build, I went with the ninja class. You start off as a thief, but then you get upgraded to like a ninja. And a ninja is like a damage dealer. Like you don't have that much health, but you're like kind of like the glass cannon. Like you do all the attacking and then somebody else, if you're in a dungeon, like you do, like there's parts where you have to do like dungeons and you can't do the dungeon on your own. You have to like team up with other people. So you have one person who's a healer. The healer is like the white mage. White mage is a healer. Uh, Astrologist is a healer. There's, like, different classes, right? There's, like, different jobs, like, ranks and stuff, right? Yeah. And they each have, like, a specific job. The tank the tank is the one who draws the aggression of the enemy. Like, the tank is, like, the one who, like, kind of, like, they're bulky. They have a lot of health. They're there to basically soak up damage. While the damage dealer, me as a ninja, I'm the one who does the damage, right? Mm-hmm. The Dark Knight, usually a Dark uh, dark Knight is, like, one of the tanks. There's, like, multiple tanks. But Dark Knight is, like, a specific build designed for, like, t- taking punishment. And then you have, like, a healer. And so, like, that's, like, the core uh, gameplay, I guess you could say, party. Like, when you go into a dungeon and you do your thing. Like, if you're... To compare it to, like, Fortnite, like, if you have squads, like, you don't usually have somebody who does this, somebody who does that. Yeah, but when does, like, the dopamine kick in? For me, it's just doing the... Oh, just getting better loot, getting better loot, learning new moves, learning new attacks. Like, you have, like, your regular, just your standard attack attack, right? Yeah. But then you have, like, your abilities, like, for, like, my ninja... So the ninja one, like, I love playing the ninja because he has basically three different, like, um, they're called mantras in the game, right? They're, like, they're phrases. I've heard, it's, like, ten, jin, and something else. Depending on what combination that you use those, you, you do a different attack. So the, it's kind of like, what the ninja does, I'm sure you've seen it, like, in Naruto or something like that, where they do, like, the hand things, like, the, like, the... Mm-hmm. Kind of like the symbols with the hands, right? Like yeah. ninja stuff, the ninja stuff. Yeah. And that determines on like what kind of attack you do. Like if you do like a certain combination, you'll throw like a big ass shuriken at the enemy. Do another combination and you'll throw like a like a bunch of like flaming kunais or stuff like that. So, wait, so we're talking D-pad? You got to do this stuff? And- right. So all the buttons are assigned to like a, you know what like a hot bar is, right? Like in most games. Yeah. Right? So you push R. So in for the PS4 configuration, you'll R2. And then it's one of like the... the 
shape buttons or any of the D-pad. Okay. So if I hold R2 and I push left on the D-pad while holding R2, it'll do something. If I push circle while holding R2, it'll do something, so on. Like, whatever command or ability you have assigned to that button, right? Mm -hmm. Like a macro, kind of, like on PC. Right. So that's how that works out. So for the Ninja, there's certain combinations of, of like, key inputs that'll do, like, different things based off, like, it's kind of like a recipe, sort of say. And, like, that'll determine, like, how you attack. So, but that's not only for the Ninja, right? Other characters have, like, different things where, like, uh, the tank will have moves that basically, like, blind the enemy or, like, kind of like attach uh no, pull off aggression or like you'll take damage for like your other party members like each thing has like its own like class right its own skill set mm -hmm. but for me what's really addictive is that there's a really the game has like a really good story final fantasy is usually very good about its story with the exception of 13 but for the most part like the story the characters that's what you're there for even though like you're in this world with other people like, who you can see running around, like, oh, like, they're, like, the main character in their own story, right? Mm -hmm. And so you would think, like, oh, like, well, it doesn't feel very really special when I see, like, oh, new 68 running around and living his story, right? But, like, the game still manages to feel, like, very personal while still being all I, and they just, it has really good scenario writing. Even, like, the side quests and stuff, like, there's some side quests where it's, like, wow, like, that was actually, like, a really touching story kind of stuff. It's just, it's pretty much just, like, exploration slash like skills like specialization slash story the gameplay itself for the most part like up until i become a ninja because you have to earn that job right you don't start off as a ninja you have to like earn it you start off as a thief which is like the lower like class or whatever of the ninja and like that's kind of the gameplay loop for that is very repetitive and it's not like all that great mm -hmm. but the story the setting and the characters keep you engaged long enough to kind of just like we'll deal with the the gameplay will improve. Right now, it's just kind of like whatever, but it'll improve. I'm now, as a ninja, I'm now in the point where like, okay, the game, the combat is really fun for this particular like build, character build I have. So I've been playing that for about the past week and it took me just, I think just yesterday, I finally became like the ninja class that I wanted because yep. you have to like, you have to do a bunch of side stories and stuff that kind of like allows you to unlock that character. Mm -hmm. And so I'm enjoying it. Uh, there's, been like four expansions since i played the game originally back in 2015 so like six years later there's like been four expansions and from what i understand like each expansion like literally just improves upon the one before so i'm really excited to like once i'm done with the base scenario of the game like the the base story like the regular story to then try because i the first expansion uh heaven's word that one's for free and then you kind of have to like pay for the other expansions but the first one's free and the i have the base game already so i'm like I'm very excited about playing it further. The only thing that I'm kind of just kind of eh about is the fact that it's basically taking me away from every other game. Because <laughs> I'm playing this one game, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to fall back on my backlog and stuff. So I you think. I have a giant backlog, too. Yeah, so I'm going to. I'm probably going to spend a little. I'm going to alternate. I'm going to start alternating. Because uh, I've pretty much just been enraptured in this world for like the past week. So I need to play some other stuff. It's fun, but like I need a little, I need a little diversification. I was talking to uh, Brian, um, uh, Brian English from earlier, but Brian, our cousin, who was on the show like two or three episodes ago, uh, him and another friend of ours uh, named Miko, he, they're playing a uh, Need for Speed uh, Heat, and they're telling me how like, that's the latest one, right? That was the last one, yeah. Okay. They're playing on Game Pass on P on PC, and it's on sale right now in the PSN store. I think for like fifteen dollars or something like that. 
I haven't played a racing game in a while. I'm gonna give I, that a try because I think it's on on uh, now. Is it on now? It might be. Really? I might give that a try. Heat. It has like neon colors on the cover. Yeah, I think it's a pink car. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. If it's there. I'll play with you. Like, yeah, because he said because Amigo was telling me the uh, racing games for me usually don't do it for me because it's just kind of like it's the like we asked earlier. Is it fun? You're kind of just doing the same thing and over. But he uh, tells me this one actually has like a really good story. I'm like, okay. It has a, it's like a very, I guess like it's like a anti-cop kind of story. So I'm like, okay. This, this sounds like an interesting take. I kind of want to try it. It sounds interesting. Right. It sounds kind of like Fast and Furious-ish. At yeah, least early Fast and Furious. Man, I've wanted to play a, a card game mm-hmm. so long. Me too. But like the last ones are like, oh shit, what is it? Like PS1 Hot Pursuit? And then there was Carbon. It was Midnight Club. Carbon. Dang. That's a call. That's like 2004, 2005. Yeah, there was another one after Carbon or, or right before that. But it was another good need for Shift. One. Was it Shift? Shift was all right. I had uh, Shift. If it, it felt those two, Carbon and Shift felt pretty good. And then there was Midnight Club. And after that, maybe one more car game. But I can't that, believe we haven't gotten Midnight Club in over a decade. Since Midnight Club LA. And that was like 2008, 2009. I wonder why Rockstar hasn't brought that back. I I tried um, uh, what is it uh, the crew, a one and two. I just don't like the way. It That's feels. the one where you like travel across the whole country, right? Yeah, like I I I, I was so it seems so promising that you could just like have this open world and you could meet up people and then race and do all these events, but it, it's kind of a downer aesthetically. It's all right. Does the game have like actual real life cars in it, like actual real models, or no? think it does okay because yeah. that it's it's so hard to play a game when it doesn't they don't actually have actual licenses no it, sometimes you can like grand theft auto that's different though because racing is not the main thing in grand theft auto that's just like, that's a side true, thing yeah. that's true i do i do want to play with like a mclaren or whatever yeah uh, but yeah the crew it felt it kind of feels like you're on ice like it, it doesn't feel like need for speed where you feel like you're really gripping the ground oh, okay the turns feel like super tight like you're just you're driving, driving on ice right yeah, so I deleted that. But yeah, if you're telling me that this game sounds good, I'll give it a try. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, if it's on PS on PlayStation now, like that sounds great. Like it sounds like you got an easy access to it. Then I'm, I want to I want to try it out though. So I just haven't raced or played a racing game in God knows what how long. What would you want next though? Midnight Club, right? I have wish Rockstar would bring that that license back, the dormant dormant IP, just because the last one I played was L.A. And you know how old that game is. I know exactly how old that game is because I remember like you're in game like you usually have like a thing that notifies you about races and it's like the old Nokia like switch the switch the flip all right the flip phone like where the you know what I'm talking about where you push up like you put you hold it sideways and you push up so you can see like the the, the keyboard one? yeah okay and I'm like wow because I played I played it like three years ago I was like oh I'm at, wait like, is the sidekick the same in Nokia. Is it is it sidekick or T-Mobile sidekick? I don't know. Whatever. It was a sidekick phone though, where like where you had to like push up to reveal like the keyboard underneath. All right. And I was like, man, this game is dated. That's how you know how old it is, because I was like the that was like what was in back then. No touchscreen. <laughs> like thirteen years ago, yeah. I'm like, man, like that was that was that's like a that's like a frame shot like in time right there, like a screenshot. See that? Okay, uh, a little bit more on this. Like, I also don't like the current games because they feel so like monitored like you know how you have those giant arrows telling you exactly where to go but midnight club though <laughs> it was re- ridiculous like you're just jumping off buildings you're like i think this is the right way yes <laughs> like you you always find the way but it's a little confusing at the same time well midnight club la last one that that they did 
it had like things like you had to pass like certain checkpoints, but they were like far like in between. We had like a big race and you had like four checkpoints. Like you had to hit those four checkpoints, but like how you hit them like was up to you pretty much. Oh, so it was kind of a wide linear? It was like you're racing all over LA, but you have like a certain amount of checkpoints you have to hit like in a certain order, right? Mm -hmm. But like the gap between the next this checkpoint and the next one is like there's like so many streets like you're free to take like whatever you think is whatever you consider the fastest route in between. Okay. Usually I just follow the other cars. The other cars are optimized to find the fastest way. So that's usually what I would well, do. A pet peeve for me in these racing games is I feel like I'm I'm being monitored. Like you're all oh, you're racing. Like you're right? hand hand holding, right? Sort of, yeah, because you have, like, all these arrows, and you have the little cones, and I'm like, this is a straight race. Like, this looks like an organized event. <laughs> oh, you want them to shut down the Just shut down the streets and stuff? Like, no, give me, like, a truck that happens to be there on the way to tell me, like, you got to turn, or oh, you're okay. going to hit the truck, you know? It, it just doesn't feel organic, the way the, the road is laid out. I got you. Path. Go, go ahead. All right, yeah. so, moving on. Uh, since we kind of talked about already what we played, there was something else I did play actually. I turns out I forgot I didn't just only play Final Fantasy XIV online. I did play a little bit, uh, like I said last week, some Ghost of Tsushima Legends, Johnny. Oh, that's right. I put I played it with a friend of the show and our cousin Joe from the uh, None of Our Business podcast. I played with Joe for about uh, I want to say three hours, about three hours, because he had stuff to do later. But we played. For about three hours, and then I played again about an hour and a half yesterday. That's not enough time. Four and a half hours total isn't enough to get the... I feel like I got a pretty well... I. No, you play... Okay, I'm assuming you played the one where you have four and it's the open world thing. Well, it's all open world, but you're doing the waves, right? No, we did like the, the campaign. The actual story? The bronze thingy, yeah. Okay. The bronze all stories, right. or whatever it's called. I think those are better than the... I did not get to try this. I saw like there's a mode with spawn with wave spawns, and I was like, eh, that doesn't sound like compelling. It's not that because most games already have like a horde mode, and like I mean, you it's not as good as the story. Okay, so I went through the tutorial on my own. I told Joe, hey, I want to play, but and then I saw his like, tutorial mode. He said like, oh, like let me know like once you're like you know you're, you choose your character because I guess like the game lets you try the the four classes first, mm -hmm. and then it kind of like locks you in into one that you choose, and then you have to get the other ones I guess like later on. Yeah, you can do them whatever you want. So I went with I. So there was the samurai. There's the ronin. There's the archer. I get no the hunter. I guess it's called and the assassin. And so I did a tutorial. I kind of saw how uh, each character played. I mean, for the most part, they had like the same base weapons. Like they all have a katana. They all have a bow. It seems like. Yeah. But they each have like a specialization. That's right? where it really counts, especially. Yeah. It kind of remind me of Borderlands, like where you choose like your character and you have like your like special like set. Uh -huh. And so playing as the samurai, the samurai seems to be kind of like your generic sort of like warrior class, right? He's like the one that goes out there, you know, gets stuff done. The Ronin, I thought it was interesting how they chose that one as a more of a support character where you kind of like revive and heal other characters. Yeah. You have like, uh, you can summon like a little spirit animal thing that kind of fights for you a little bit. Yeah, they're all competent. It just kind of depends on whether you want to be, like, laid back, you know? Yeah, like, far away or up in the action. Yeah. The archer, the hunters of the archer one, that's the one where it's cool. Like, she has, like, the flame arrows, the piercing arrows, and, like, the... You can target all of them. If you have, like, enough of the key bar filled up, you can, like, target all of them to shoot arrows at everybody. Yeah. The one I loved the most and the one I ended up going with was the assassin. I went with the assassin 
Mostly because... Oh, we're talking the ninja, right? The ninja, yeah, but the game, I think it's called an assassin. Okay, me, me too. Yeah. I really like the assassin. The assassin... Mo- and the assassin. Partly, from an aesthetic perspective, I like the mask, like the kitsune mask, the fox yeah. mask. But also because when I play Ghost of Tsushima, like originally, I like I like playing stealthily. And like the 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 assassin character kind of like specializes in stealth where like you're doing like the zipline stuff. Not the zipline stuff, you're like, you know... The tightrope, you're like climbing, you're doing aerial assassinations and you get stuff. You do smoke bombs and you're gone. You do the smoke bomb thing, they like poisons them also kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The special where you kind of just instantly kill everybody yeah. on screen, like yeah. that was so cool. I'm like, that's the one I'm going with. So I got locked into using the assassin. Uh, Joe and I, we did, I forgot how many chapters. We did like four maybe, four of the main like stories. Or, and then like, you know how each story has like three sub, like when you go through the gate to the next area. Well, and you go through a gate to the next area to get to three of them, right? That's like per chapter or whatever. Well, there's different chapters, and each chapter has like three difficulties. Right, yeah. So we played it on the bronze because that's the only one I had unlocked. And then you, get, you go through it again later on through silver, I guess. Yeah. But I only had, a, as the first time through, I only had bronze unlocked, so that's what we did. Uh, I liked how the game differs from the base game in terms of like... It's faster, right? Yeah, because there's, like, less story to it. But the story... I like how the narrator kind of tells you what to do and explains what's going on mm-hmm. as you're playing. Yeah. That's really cool. Or, like... And so, once they took care of that, then they decided to turn their attention this way. It's like, oh, you're kind of telling us, like, where to go. But at the same time, it's, like... It's, like, delivered in a, like, well, story. Well, telling you about you. Like, you are the legend. That's yeah. That's su- super cool. Yeah. I like I like how, like, it's kind of, uh, like, passive storytelling as opposed to, like, cutscenes every few seconds kind uh-huh. of thing. Yeah. I enjoy that. Uh, I like the whole... You got to the... We got to the point where there's, like, colors introduced. These different, like, element things. And, like, you have to... It's, oh, oh sword. It's almost like a puzzle, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. where like it's not enough to just kill these guys you have to kill them in a specific order based off of like what element they are uh-huh. so like there's like these enemies that have like this green wind energy thing mm-hmm. you have to attune your blade to like that same color right yeah because otherwise if you try to attack them you won't do any damage or like very little yeah. or very little there you go it's like it's minimal so we did so i liked how like okay you turn into green then you destroy like the green totem thing or whatever mm-hmm. and then you move on to the next color and stuff like that like that was cool it wasn't just like generic, just like go here, kill these people. It's like okay, here's like a, we're gonna twist it on its head a little bit. Like you, you have to do it in a specific way. Uh, I thought there's part, there was a part where there was a platforming section where Joe and I both had to get different alignments or tuned for our weapons. Yeah, and we couldn't just like cross like to the gate like whatever. We had to like he would jump on one, then I would jump on the other, and then we had to go diagonally because our, our alignment was like on the other like. Opposite well, panel. Well, the thing is, you needed the right sword to activate the right platform. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. You, had to, you had to choose a, a tune, the right attunement or whatever for the sword, the mm-hmm. color. So I like how they kind of like... They made the platforming in that like a little more... Like it actually kind of mattered a little bit more as yeah. opposed to like the base game. Um, The only thing I don't really like, and it's like a really small nitpick, is I just like how everything's red all the time. I really don't like how just everything's just red. Like I didn't notice that. A lot, like, they, it's just, like, when you go through the gates, everything is red. When you go into, like, the new area, everything's red. It's just so much red, and I just, it's a small nitpick, because it has nothing to do with it, but at the same time, for me, like, atmosphere really matters, and just that everything is red. I don't know. There's, like, these red, veiny plants all over the place and stuff. I get that. 
Yeah, I just wish they had gone like kind of mix it up a little bit. There was one part I I thought was really cool. Like, I even told Joe like, hold on, like I wanted to take like an in game screenshot, and there was this part from they took the the bow mat the guy the archery archery master guy from the main story, mm-hmm. his area like his little like his little house on that mountainside like where the bamboo is and like the overseeing the cliff with the lanterns like that looked really dope. That looked that was like a. Joe was playing, uh, he was telling me he has like a 70 inch HDR 4K uh, playing it on like on those settings. And he says uh-huh. like the game looks gorgeous. And like we've talked about this before, like I've we've stressed it already to the point that, you know, it's a little repetitive, but this game is a beautiful game in terms of just mm-hmm. like graphically and environment. Uh, but like that, when I saw that, like in that frame, like, whoa, like this looks really cool. With, like the little lantern, like little paper lanterns kind of floating in the background. Yeah, and like just like damn, like I forgot. Like even though the red annoyed me so much, I was like, damn, I forgot this game still looks good. Like even that way. So I like the I like the fighting mechanics. How they, I kind of it sucks that we lost like the water the stances like from the campaign like the water stance and the earth stance. Sort of okay with it, but I get it now because like all the characters you're playing as are basically like compartmentalized versions of Jin, where it's like you're taking this skill set. And this skill set that he has, and kind of just like redistribute them against around yeah. four different characters. Different. So that each one of them is like a special. It's kind of like Jin was like the uh, we call it jack of all trades, right? Yep. And now you're playing like this is like a very specific like you have a specific role in this like group or squad or whatever. Like we played it, we played as two because we were just as a pair. But like I noticed, for example, like even though Joe could assassinate. At a later point, I got like enough arm. I got like better like upgrades for like equipment. I got like a charm that increased my assassination assassination like damage. Right. Mm-hmm. So Joe would be like near an enemy. And he's like, oh, like if I try to kill this guy, I'm only gonna do a critical hit. But I would approach the guy. I'm like, and for me, it's just as assassinate. It's like, okay, I'm gonna get the instant kill if I go for it. Mm-hmm. So like, even though all the characters can kind of do the same thing, there's a clear like like no like there is like you have a leaning towards a specialization, where like my character is really good at like assassinating but i'm not that great when it comes to like a straight up fight as compared to like joe who like a samurai yeah i give i think it was uh, legends more dimensions because you could be Jin, and i don't think it'd be as fun if you have like every single skill that Jin has yeah so if you divide all these things when you're doing multiplayer you're just supporting each other so you're not just like faceless like whatever generic yeah generic samurai number two and stuff yeah i get that i like i, like, I do like that uh there was I the game really clicked with me towards the end when I was playing with Joe like in the last hour because we were just like in sync like we were like all right I'm gonna take out the guy on the left we're gonna take out the right and then we do like the count of, like one two three and then like you know do the assassination okay move on and then like like creep around do the scan thing search for the area I was like okay we got three more guys and we were, like we were, like plan it out and it was like really cool like we were like in the beginning I kind like, Joe kind of carried me in the beginning because I just sucked my gear was like you know the starting gear and Joe was like at like like 30 levels higher than me so he kind of like did most of the work but as i kind of as that level gap kind of closed towards the end i think i was like level 15 and he was like 32 by the end like when it came to like synchronizing like okay there's this really tough enemy and like for me it shows up as critical hit like even my assassination is not going to be enough but joe's right next to me we can both land two critical hits on this guy and we'll both kill him by like doing that 
So we would do like a kind of like a staggered stack kind of thing. Where it like, looks cool though. Like you stab him on the side and he comes across. The yes, back. yes, like, exactly. So I would they... I would drop down and like hit him with a critical hit, and then yeah. immediately after Joe would follow, drop down him with another critical hit, and then the guy would die. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if we try to do it individually, he would still be left alive, and we have to you know do like a drawn out fight. So I like how. But it's, just the way it's animated, like you two together. There, there was like a lot of moments where like, oh, that looks so cool. Or yeah. Like, oh, like I like how that played out. Like, like there was like a really tough enemy and like Joe and I made it so like we kind of stun locked him mm-hmm. where he would attack and I would attack. But we would, like per- we like made it so that our attacks, because you can't, if you just attack whatever, then he's going to block, right? Well, but as Joe would hit hit the guy, like he would stagger, and I would take advantage. Yes, I would take advantage that I could like, hit him again to keep that stagger going. Yeah. And it's just like, man, like, I thought, like, the game was going to be, like, whatever. Like, oh, it's just Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer. But, like, like man, the multiplayer, like, aspect and, like, with the things they do in terms of, like, platforming and, like, enemy variation. Like, it, it, it I feel like they should have just made us, like, a separate standalone game and just sold it like that. Because, mm-hmm. like, people who don't have the no, base game. I think game, this should be part two, dude. Like, remember what I told you a long time ago? I feel like Jen should just maybe take some mushrooms and then the story goes off from there. That's what this story seems like. Cause it's introducing like Oni and like like demons and like stuff. Like this has no historical basis whatsoever. But like I'm okay with that. Like I'm I'm okay with it being its own thing. I do want I do want this mode to be like its own thing though. Because people can't play it unless they have the core single player game. They can't play it otherwise. That's why you couldn't play right. Because I have the disc. You don't mm-hmm. have the disc right. Yeah. You can't play it. So I wish they made this multiplayer mode to its own separate thing. No, they should release this on the on the PS. I still want Ghost of Tsushima too, though. I still want the story to continue with, because in history, seven years later, the Mongols come back again for like a rematch. Yeah, but I mean, this uh, Legends thing, Mm -hmm. it'd be cool if they said, "All right, we've sold enough Ghost of Tsushima. Let's just like maybe a year from now release it." When they sell enough, they just release Legends on its own. They're like, "Hey, it's only ten bucks. If you don't want to get the the base game, just get this for ten bucks." Yeah, I mean, I didn't even mention the fact I like how like the there's like daily objectives in the game mm-hmm. where like if you do this like I think it updates daily. I'm pretty sure you get like um we call it you get like new like gear and stuff like you can like, mac, like trick out your character with like how like yeah not just aesthetically but also like hey you can equip this as your you know this weapon does extra damage to these characters or whatever like this one has like like I mentioned the charm that like improved my assassination right but then like. There's, like, a charm that has, like, no effect, but increases, like, your defense, like, by a lot, right? Like, there's no, like, there's no immediate, like, status effect kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, I like how the game allows you to kind of, like, tailor your character to, like, your specifications. I haven't unlocked the other characters. I I think you have to complete... It told me that you have to complete the bronze stories to get them all. I don't remember. Well, maybe that's something they changed. They're just... To me, they're not as good as a ninja and a samurai. Okay, so maybe that's why Joe... Joe used the Hunter for a little bit. I saw he used the Hunter for a little bit, but then I think he went back to the Samurai after a while. Yeah, I think I maxed out on on almost all of them. I maxed out on Samurai and the Ninja. Uh, but I, I played all the way up until you could get the special uh, special skins. Like, you get the Kratos skin and Aloy skin. Oh. Uh, I think a Bloodborne? There's a skin for that. Oh, okay, that's cool. And... Uh, What's the other game that's like Shadow of the Colossus? Hmm. But the other one? Uh, Ico? Yeah, yeah. Ico or is it The Last Guardian? The Last Guardian. I think oh, okay. you could skin for that. Mm. Um, yeah, dude. I fucking love the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad that you suggested it to me because I, I 
haven't had that much fun playing something like online with somebody else online like in, since like Warzone first came out. But you still haven't played like the main story of Legends. Like you play the thing with the with the three levels of difficulty and the chapters, but there's the the last one that you need four players. Like it won't let you do it on its own. Oh, I remember you told me about that. And you yeah. can't match make either. Like you have to know somebody and then go in there with. Them. That's uh, that's hard. That sucks. Well, yeah. That's why Joe was telling me he's like he's like you know what he's like we need to get Johnny to buy a, like his own copy of the game so we can play because he because he ha- he plays with Gavin also his son, yeah. and so right there that's like four of us right there we could do that. Yeah. You gotta get the game too, Johnny. Yeah, eventually, at some point. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm glad you. I'm glad you kind of like pointed me towards the game. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the single, pl- the single story, like the campaign. The you know, so seeing how I'm, that's really cool. That's that uh, Sucker Punch decided just to release like this separate thing. Like they didn't really have to. They already had the sales, and then mm-hmm. just to put out this extra content for free. Like if you have the game, like it's really, it's really cool. Uh, I wish more people would do that. So. I enjoy myself with it. Uh, I I'll probably play a little bit more. Uh, at least to the point where we can do like the whole four player thing, and just wait for you to get it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's kind of concludes my thoughts on that. So, Johnny, we are about the hour mark, and we have time for our last, my favorite, the pitch. And guess what? Since last time was my turn, this time it's. Your turn. I'm just so much better at this. I like to see you kind of like struggle a little bit. So for those of you who are not familiar with the pitch, we have two jars. Give me them jars. In each jar, there is a couple pieces of paper. One jar is scenarios. So like World War II, uh, Colonial, it's like some kind of setting. The other jar is game genres, RPGs, uh, racing, first person shooters, that kind of stuff. So depending on what combination of paper you pull from each one, you decide to you have to come up with some kind of pitch for a game that incorporates those two elements, and kind of just tell us what the game's about, who you would, which delivery you would choose to make it, and what the name of the game will be. Johnny, I see you smiling. I hope that's a good thing. It would have been great for you. All right. Nope, I've already done this. What is this one? Visual novel. That's the worst genre for me. <laughs> you already did that once. Yeah, that's true. What's the other one? World War Two. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Now, just because World War Two doesn't mean it has to be like a shooter. Pick one. That one. All right. What did I miss? I missed. Open world. Okay. Mm, open world World War Two game would have been weird. So let's see what's this one. Simulator. Okay, so this is kind of like what like your Frost uh, Punk game would be like. When I say si- simulator, is kind of like Civilization. It's anything that has to do with like, micromanaging, kind of. So World War II sim. Are you running your own Nazi camp? Is that what's going on, <laughs> or what? World War II and Simulator. What are you? Are you? Is this like Civilization where you're just playing as the Allies, or what? Are you, what's going on here? This one's tough, dude. As a simulator, I feel like you could do a flight simulator during World War Two. That would nah, work. The thing is, I don't really like simulators. Closest thing to simulators that I like is uh, Gran Turismo. Mm. All right. So, how about I want to do the classic uh, Nazis and zombies? No, I don't know how that. Okay, I mean you could. That kind of 
Uh, I just don't know how not, that. Not if you can sell me on it. Not straight up zombies, okay. but like the uh, superhuman. This sounds like that movie, that horror movie, Overlord, or something. That's exactly what I was. Oh, thinking. okay. I want Overlord, but it's a simulator. How, okay, how are are you like managing like the facility? What's 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 the thing? Does it have to be management like that? Like so sim. Yes. Okay, so to be fair, yeah. The management one is the other one we have, like the the what was it like the finance tycoon one? Uh-huh. That's more of a that's more of a management simulator for me is like um, flight simulator. Anything's like super hardcore in terms of like getting like the realistic actual thing across. So flight simulator. There's also like farm simulator. There's okay, so what- truck simulator. There's train simulator. Simulators are just games that are really basically they can almost like pass off as like a training exercise for the real thing. Okay, so what I was thinking when I saw Simulator and World War Two, I want to combine Overlord with um, Death Stranding. Okay, you have to explain this to me because I'm lost. <laughs> well, you haven't played Death Stranding, so it's hard to. Are you delivering packages from one Nazi no, camp to you're another? Just, you're a soldier, but you're kind of a spy, and you're trying to get into the Nazi facility and see what they're working on. And then it turns out that they're trying to make a, a super weapon. For a superhuman. Are you still Norman Reedus? No. Okay. Uh, let's go with... Um... Are you going to cast somebody for this? Okay, no. Nah. Oh, okay. No. Nah. I just want you to be a regular guy, a spy guy. Um, so you're trying to infiltrate it. You're trying to figure out what's going on there. And then the Nazis are doing all these kind of experiments, right? Mm-hmm. They're experimenting on people. They're trying to make their super soldier. And... You see Mangalin, they're doing their experiments. Um, What's the simulator aspect of this? So, Well, if you know uh, Death Stranding, there's like you're in there like with packages, right? Okay. So you have like your, your tool set of like, I got to collect this evidence and I have to like run it through and see what they're we're, we're working on. Like... Um, No, that that wouldn't work either. <laughs> this is tough, dude. This is a tougher one. I want it to be a little bit um uh what's the word? Like fantasy, but simulation. Okay, so there's like some fan- fantasy elements. It's Overlord, dude. It's pretty the, much the movie Overlord. Overlord. Okay. I want to play Overlord, but as a simulator with the mechanics of Death Stranding. You gotta you gotta carry packages. You so with like pea grenades and stuff. Pea grenades? Well, not pea grenades specifically, but. Um, I mean, when you say that's strange, I'm just thinking of like delivering stuff, right? You're delivering packages from place to place. So I'm like, okay, you're going from one Nazi death camp to another Nazi death camp. Are you a Kojima fan, Andrew? Yeah. I doubt it, cause you haven't played. Okay, I'm, I'm okay. I'm a Metal Gear Solid fan. That's it. Oh, that's better. You have to because I never played Kojima's other games like like Police Knots or uh, what's that one begins with the S? The flying one. Yeah, what's it called? I don't remember. What no, it no, you're thinking you're thinking of um, you're thinking of the one with the mach- robots, right? Yes. No, there's another one he did. Snatcher, Snatcher's the other one he did. I didn't know he made that. Yeah, that was from the Sega. Okay, well, what's your take? Because without without playing that strong, it's really hard for me to to tell you what I really want out of this game. I mean, if I were okay, so if if I was in your in your seat and I had to choose, I had to combine World War Two with a simulator. I think I would have just done something with like you're managing like a, a POW camp, 
I mean, it doesn't have to be Nazi side. It could be like maybe you're managing. Yeah, maybe you're on the Nazi side, but you're managing a POW camp. So, so like you don't have to like worry about like Holocaust, like actual like you know, Jews. Yeah, so like American soldiers, like you have to run this camp. You have like a certain amount of you know, you have your rations. You have this. You got to worry about like soldier morale and at the same time treat your POWs like you can be like a jerk to them. Or you can be nice to them, and then like, hey, if you're a jerk to them, like, mm-hmm. then you end up like risking like uh them breaking away, like breaking out, and then like if they break out, you're, like you're like standing with the fear and goes down. It's like how are you losing these POWs or something, and like, but if you're nice to them, then you piss off like your own soldiers. So you kind of weird to... though, because it's like a pro Nazi game. Yeah, like... but I okay, but I'm not going at the Nazi angle. I'm doing this as the the German angle. You mean I, I, there's a distinct difference between Nazis and Germans, right? All Nazis are pretty much German. Well, back then, they, all Nazis were like German, but not <laughs> not all Germans were like you know like maybe they're Nazi in terms of like party affiliation, but they weren't Nazi in terms of like Aryan superiority. Or so something. then, what year are we talking? Like forty? If this is World War Two, mm-hmm. so it has to be from depend. That's where it gets tricky because a lot of people consider World War Two some. Some consider World War II starts with the invasion of Poland, right? Uh-huh. But some people also consider the invasion of Manchuria by Japan, which is earlier than that, like in 1934-33. Because if you see World War II as one homo- as one big experience of like there's a there's the Pacific theater, and then there's like the European front, like yeah, it gets kind it kind of blurs because like China, uh, Japan goes on the warpath against China like way before even Hitler does like the evasion of poland yet so let's say we went with your your story we're talking 40 right are we going i'll go with 1942 okay. so that so it makes sense that you have american pow's by that point so is this like an alternate reality where you manage the nazis correctly and then they no no them? this could work in the historical because there were european there were captured americans and captured europeans like in nazi in german you know axis prisoner camps like Prisoners of War. Americans at that time over there. That's so what I'm that saying was... in 1942, because that's like that's like the earliest entry point for like the U.S. kind of at least, at least on the European front. So, All right. so I could even do the alternate where I could do be I could be it could be a Japanese prisoner camp for like Chinese and Americans or or whatever. Uh, you know what I think would be more. But I think I think the I think the German german part has a little more there's a little more nuance there i think there's like a little more to kind of delve where you're dealing with like people who are like basically the same race right like so others. what if what if we did like different chapters like one of the chapters would be managing your resources during uh pearl harbor that like, could work you I get guess. attacked and you you gotta like run all these people across the map no well in my, okay so in my head I, I i saw it as like you're the manager or whatever the rank would be for someone who runs a pow camp you're the comp like commander or whatever right but it's a simulator i'm, I'm having a, a simulator time, like rts oh you're and... right okay it doesn't have to have rts okay you're right it doesn't have to have, to have rts elements then in that case right if it's a simulator and we're trying to simulate something i guess it would be I, if it was up to me i would have just done a flight simulator during world war ii yeah i, I wouldn't want to play that that would have been my like whole like hey did you make sure to fuel up your plane? Like, hey, did you check your wings before takeoff? Like, hey, yeah, did you, you check got your dials? Before you kamikaze. <laughs> exactly, right? You have to, like, a simulator kind of does all those things. If you play, like, Fight Simulator, it's like, if you even, like, strain your plane or turn it too quickly, like, you crash. Like, that's it. Like, you turned it too much. The engine couldn't handle the stress. Like, it's, simulators are much more, like, true to life. And there's, that's why they're more stringent because they have, like, more rules. 
Yeah, it's just not a game I would want to make. That's the thing. Okay, like, I'll it's... help you out here. I'll help you out here a little bit. So, do you want it to be like a prison thing, camp thing, or no? No. Okay, so do you want... You say Death Stranding. Do you want there to be, like, deliveries and routes and stuff? A small portion of it. What... Okay, what is the gameplay that you're trying to get across? Because you say Overlord is the theme you want, right? Yes. But that's not... That doesn't tell me anything about gameplay. The gameplay is... It's kind of like a mystery game. It's a simulator. That's why Death Stranding is the closest thing. Because you're literally walking around. They call it a walking simulator. Yeah. yeah I yeah. get it. <laughs> so you got to do all these packages. All those gameplay loops. I'm not sure you've experienced them. They're really fun, dude. You build like giant like stairs. Not stairs. Uh, ladders, right? Or yeah. Right? So you could be a guy trying to get from point A to B. And you have to deal with the terrain, the mud, all this stuff. And you have to... That could work. There could be like comms, so you have to set up a tower, that type of thing, right? I can imagine like if you're, let's say you're on the German side and you're like delivering packages, like, oh crap, there's like an American patrol, like that, nah, I have to like avoid them or yes, something. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Then just say Death Stranding with Overlord as, as some kind of German Nazi thing going on. Yeah, but I was trying to figure out new mechanics for it, not like just package delivery. Oh. That, that's tough. I I might want to come back to that one. Okay. Who who's making this game? Right, let's give this to I swear to God, Johnny, if you say Koji- Kojima Productions. Mm. Going with something like super obvious. I mean he he I wasn't gonna give it to Kojima, but he has the mechanics that best describe this game. He's got that luminous engine. Let's give it to uh Polyphony. Gran Turismo? Yeah. What's the logic behind that? Is this for aesthetic purposes? Uh, there's no logic behind it. <laughs> okay, what's the name of this game then? <laughs> uh, help me out with this one. Uh, Do we make it easy and just go like Overlord Simulator? <laughs> nah, nah, let's go with uh, SS Simulation. Nah, let's just go with like Manhunt. That's already taken. Yeah, it is. But uh, let's just go with Manhunt because ultimately. That's already taken! Yeah, but like you're a guy doing this simulation thing, you know, Kojima style. You figure out out in the story that they're they're like doing all these human experiments, but eventually you get to Hitler, and it becomes a manhunt. It's like, you know, you. (laughs) Okay. Okay, that's the story. Yeah. Okay, I'll take it. And it's called Manhunt, right? Yeah. I wish you came up with a better title, at least. Okay, what's a better title than Manhunt? I don't know, Luftwaffen Simulator, or... What does that mean, Luftwaffen? That's like the, oh, that's like the German, that's like the Nazi Air Force thing, the Luftwaffen, that's like their, they're like, they're like flyers, like the plane guys. Um, uh, let's see, let's see. I don't know, like Fatherland Simulator? I can't think of anything. We'll stick with Manhunt then, we'll stick with Manhunt, German edition, we'll call it that. No, I can't. Nope. All right, we're sticking with Van Hunt. <laughs> In the interest of time, we're sticking with Van Hunt. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny, for that. All right, guys. So when we should. <laughs> Are you alright? Yeah. What was that? Why'd you explode? Why'd you just like you just like burst? <laughs> I don't know. But let's just continue. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I think that will conclude this week's episode. <laughs> Anyways. So, if ladies and gentlemen, if you have any comments, suggestions, questions, or anything you want us 
to let us know about, uh, once again, you can email us at the Duo Sense Podcast at yahoo.com. That is our email address. And I just forgot to mention, you probably at the beginning of this episode listened, heard our new intro for the first time. Uh, as an intro made again, once again, by a friend of the show and our cousin, Joe, over at the Noob Podcast. That is the None of Our Business Podcast. That's an acronym. So thank you, Joe, for that, for our new intro. Uh, we'll see how long we'll stick with it. And then we'll maybe come up with something else for like an outro or something. But for now, thank you so much, Joe, for that. That He didn't have to do it, but he did because he's just cool like that. So once again, if you have any thought comments suggestions questions you know where to send them at the dual sense podcast email at yahoo.com just dual sense podcast one word at yahoo.com uh, i can tell johnny wants to laugh again but whatever johnny do you have any final words for our audience no you never do all right guys take care all right stay safe guys bye <laughs>